Welcome to Narrative Attack. Welcome to Narrative Attack. I'm James Grimm Desbra. This is Narrative Attack. Third time's the charm. I am Rachel Haywire. Yes, sooner or later, with all the chaos going on in the world, we will manage to get more organised. <laughs> one would think chaos, order. It's all yeah. one big chaos, order, a rorbis of chaos and order and order and chaos. It's going to keep chaos, order, order, chaos, chaos, order. <laughs> well, order emerges out of chaos, or at least one can hope, but entropy always wins in the long term. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to start by talking about the, the chaos in our respective countries on both sides of the Atlantic. So um, do, do you want to start? What the, what the fuck is going on in America? Well... People think Trump is starting a coup, and I'm just waiting for the coup to happen, because you know me, I love a good coup. Um, but I'm not seeing the coup. I'm seeing, like, a bunch of people in D.C., they're marching on the streets, they're making America great, you know, which, you know, at least they're they're doing something, right? Um, but I'm just, I'm not seeing the coup. I'm seeing, like, two different media channels, one saying Biden one, one is saying the Trump one, which I predicted was going to happen. Um, total chaos. And I, I kind of like it because democracy is a, a sham and it's a game and it's, uh, okay. Let, let's just say that people are exposing the truth. Finally. Yeah. And that it doesn't make a tremendous amount of difference, which particular wing is in charge. Though I think you know, Trump wasn't really that different on terms of policy, but just personally, he seems to have been like a wrecking ball smashed through everything, um, and that seems to be what's what's turned people off uh, at this point. You know, it was it was an it was an experiment, didn't seem to work, but Biden's not exactly a counter revolution, <laughs> is he? Right. Well, Trump kind of turned people on with being a wrecking ball people that were sick of mainstream politics and like all the respectability on, you know, the civilized debates, they, they wanted something more wild. Um, and Trump was put in for that. Um, now I think he was put in by, you know, a little group of oligarchs that used him as their, you know, scapegoat. And that's why like all the media is attacking Trump and, you know, the corporations and the businesses have been attacking him and going after him for a while. And they knew that they were going to, um, so my theory is that there are some really bad people, you know, like controlling Trump. But there are also some really, really bad people that these people are fighting against. And we, we don't know their names, you know, of like the, you know, super powerful, like left wing, you know, influencers who the bad people who are controlling Trump are fighting against. So we have no idea what's going on. Like we're just watching a big circus. Yeah. Did you see one of the um, one of the Koch brothers? I think didn't one of them die. Anyway, one of them came yeah, I out. Thought, I thought they were dead. Okay. Well, one's still alive at least. Then he he sort of come out and said, "Oh well, maybe maybe I was wrong, or maybe I backed the wrong horse." Mia culpa. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of trying. Yeah, sort of trying to shift his influence to the other side. Now I thought that was that was interesting because <laughs> he was very like, you know they were very much behind that sort of neoconservative movement. Oh, that's what the see. I always forget if the Koch brothers are on the left or the right because I don't really know the difference anymore. Well, yeah, okay. If you're the talking, Koch brother, the Koch brother, one is dead. One, yes, 
Well, the the spirit of the other the is Coke, probably still lingering. Brother. So, do you call them the Coke brothers or the Coke brother? Uh, so maybe he's got a conjoined twin as well. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Coke. But yeah, you, if someone ranting at you with a tin foil hat on is talking about the Coke brothers, then they're left wing, and if they're going on about George yeah. Soros, then they're right wing. Soros and Coke are sitting together in a room debating, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, at least they're polite, unlike Trump. <laughs> unlike Trump. Well, at least Trump is rude, unlike these over-civilized sociopaths that have put us in this situation. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think he's terrible, but what I'm worried about now is... So there was all this impetus, this desire for real significant change in the States, not just the States. I think globally this has been the case. You look at how Obama got elected, hope and change, and then did basically fuck all. Mm-hmm. And then you had Trump come in as a sort of reaction to Obama not following through on all the promise. And yet again, he's kind of let everybody down. He didn't really do much of anything that he promised. And I'm now- still waiting for the wall. Still waiting <laughs> yeah. for that wall. Where's the wall, Mr. Trump? Where's the wall? <laughs> and now... People seem to be desperate to return to some sort of solid ground of status quo, which, you know, all, all that energy directed in both directions to get some kind of meaningful social change has amounted to bugger all. And I don't think people have the energy anymore. It's like, oh, we tried. Trump was crap and crass and horrible. And Obama just turned out to be another corporatist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's well, no way, there's no way the system's going to change. I mean, now. at least Trump was funny. Like, at least he was amusing. Now, Biden, he was, like, the last choice for the Democratic Party anyway. Like, everybody that I know that voted Democrat wanted Tulsi or Andrew Yang, you know, ended up voting third party or just, like, writing in their candidates. I had people write me in, you know, when I, when I ran for the transhumanist election. I had people write my name in on the ballot, and they, they emailed me pictures. I'm like, sweet. You know, and then I announced that I got a few hundred votes and won the transhumanist election. You know, um, you know, if Trump can do it, why can't I? Um, people took it seriously, and they're like, congratulations. And, and the head of the transhumanist party was like, this information is false. You did not win the election. And I'm like, I'm Fake going news. to Senate. Fake news. Yeah, no, and I said, I'm going to Senate. And he's like, oh, you're trolling. <laughs> like, I'm going to Senate. I won the transhumanist party election. Um, it's also silly. I mean, I I don't know. It's pretty silly over there too, right? I mean, what what's the silliness in the UK now? Uh, well, we're miles away from any sort of election, um, but so Boris Johnson is basically the the sort of cut price Trump for us, I suppose. Little Trump. Yeah, but he doesn't have. Qu- well, he probably does have the same monstrous ego, but he hides it behind uh, behind this whole facade of mussed up hair and buffoonery and so on uh, and Clever. like and like trump he was just kind of telling people what they wanted to hear which was better than the opposition were doing you know to, to at least lie to people and promise them things right. <laughs> was at least a step in the right standards. direction you, you got high hopes for the <laughs> public here our politicians were at least semi-honest about being horrible people yeah but uh, I think I think the knives are out for Johnson. He's he's lost a lot of his allies. I think just the the coronavirus made it obvious that when the rubber hits the road, these um, sort of vox pops sort of populists they they don't really have any 
any meat to them. They can't actually handle a real life crisis. They're, they're great at rhetoric yeah. and telling yeah, people yeah. what they want to hear, but sometimes with like a disease or a war or, you know, populists uh, are like a disease. Populists are like a virus. You, you see them all over. They spread yeah. and spread and they are not effectual in any way. No. Uh, but then it wasn't really Johnson running number 10. <laughs> um, it was his advisor, Dominic Cummings, who has just been fired. Oh, so it sounds like Trump. He's firing everybody. Yeah. Um, well, did firing. He, was he let go or did he go by himself? But, uh, but what's interesting about, that, about that is basically we had a facade of a democratic government, not that our system's very democratic, but we were actually being run by this crazy bunch of um, self-aggrandizing technocrats <laughs> in the background. Oh, oh, always, every time. Yeah, but it was more open. Yeah, there's nothing necessarily wrong oh, with technocracy. Oligarchy. Yeah, technocracy gets a bad rap. What it actually means is ruled by the elite, which originally meant competent people. Well, I mean, we're the elite because we have good taste in music, right? Exactly. Aren't so we like should be, we should be in charge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's when I'm with that. We, we've been displaced from our thrones. Give them back to us. Oh, people. <laughs> yeah. But he's gone. But I think it's, it's, it's almost a shame. I mean, I don't like the guy. I don't like anything he's done, but I think he had the right idea, but he was the wrong person to do it. Because right. he, uh, he, like, un- kinda, like, like Hitler. <laughs> you know, like he, he read uh, the spoke Zarathustra, you know, and he was the wrong person to like activate the Ubermensch because he chose the wrong people to kill. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe he read uh, Nietzsche but didn't understand it. I think that's a that's a common problem. Yeah, no, I mean, like if Hitler like would have understood Nietzsche, then he would have killed all the dumb, boring people, <laughs> not all. The he would have like, but never mind. Okay, um, so the U- UK is kind of screwed. Um, America is kind of exciting yeah we're, is, this, we're, is this the chaos or it's definitely not the order it's definitely not the order no uh i don't hold out <laughs> i don't hold out too much hope for what comes after um because a lot of angry people on the internet yeah yeah um well that's that's what the world has been for the last year because right. no one's been able to go outside or do anything else. We're angry online. The lockdowns are fascist. Antifas should be protesting them. I'm calling it now. You're telling people that they can't leave their house. People have abusive families. They have abusive husbands and wives. And what about all the, the people that have roommates? You, you got like five roommates and you're going to be like stuck in the, the house with them. Like that's going to give you COVID-19. I, I had to move. Like, true story, I had to move during the pandemic when I was living in New York because I had roommates and I could not be stuck in the house with them because it was impossible to work. It was impossible to breathe. Yeah. Like, like, like George Floyd, I could not breathe in my own house. So I had to leave New York. Um, and a lot of other people had a lot worse situations than I did. And I went through hell, you know, and, and this was like when I was dealing with medical issues. Um, sorry if I sound like a victim, conservatives, right? Um, but yeah, no, it was really rough. Um, I, I think the lockdowns are like legit fascism, like telling people that they're not about to leave their own homes. Um, like what this is doing for mental health, what this is doing for people's mobility, their body, people that need to move their body that have physical problems and physical illnesses are are trapped and they're closing down gyms again now. Like it, it's this is like legit fascism. It's it's wrong. The well, lockdowns are wrong. I would disagree with you to an extent on this one. For real? Um, For real? Yeah. 
because it's a case of medical necessity and figuring out which of the two bad options is the best one. I might be a bit biased because I'm because I'm high risk. Um, so I I don't want to catch it, and I've been being extremely careful. But uh, if you go to like Mill's harm principle, the only justification for imposing law upon other people is to stop them harming others, and spreading a disease is is something that definitely harms others. You when you've got what is it quarter of a million deaths in the U.S. now? Yeah, so the people are going to spread the disease whether they're under lockdown or not. And if the lockdowns were so efficient, then why is there another wave of coronavirus? I mean, apparently well, the lockdowns didn't work. Yeah, well, we had a lockdown. but So uh, I would say America is probably one of the countries that's handled this the least well, with Britain not far behind. And that's because while we did have lockdowns, they were half measures. They didn't go on long enough. Then the, uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer over here introduced a scheme where basically you were being bribed to go out and prop up businesses by eating out. And obviously that led to <laughs> another peak. I like, I like eating out. I like eating out. I don't like having to like cook, honestly. Like I, I'm not getting married anyway anytime mm. soon. So I just, I don't like cooking. Like I, I like going out to eat, and well, I mean, like you're if you're if you have people that you're living with, you're just as likely to get COVID from them as you are from people that you see out. And you know, it's not like people out. weren't wearing the masks. And I, I just I don't see lockdowns as good for well, the economy, for people's mental health, for people's social lives. Like not being able to see your friends. I mean, like I'm already pretty alienated, you know. Yeah. And like my like I would go to clubs and shows and concerts you know because i'm very extroverted i'm like an alienated extrovert and i'm the, the last person you want to put under lockdown because i am alienated and extroverted so i've been like just going insane with my thoughts like trying to meditate being unable to freaking out you know like having panic attacks and then i'm like oh everything is fine i just needed to get the hell out of the house because i was stuck under lockdown and like yeah. honestly like lockdowns need to end i completely I, I'm all in on this and it's going to get my, it, it's going to get people angry, you know, because they, they think this is a, an unacceptable view, but I don't care. Like people need to speak out about it. The lockdowns need to end straight up and the lockdowns. Well, you know, we're, we're able to disagree and, and remain friends. I wish more people would be like that, but yeah, I think you do have uh... <laughs> civil disagreements. <laughs> yeah. Ever heard of them? Yeah. <laughs> I do think you have to take some responsibility for the health of other people when it comes to this. It's just a, as with vaccinations, which is going to be the next big fight, obviously, right. with people refusing well, to be vaccinated and claiming that Bill Gates is going to implant demons in your that, spine or something. But, but, but you know why, though? It's because they don't trust, like, rich white men. You know, and if it was somebody like Joe Rogan, they would get vaccinated immediately. Like, if Joe Rogan was doing the vaccinations, they'd be all in. They, they listen to anything Joe Rogan says. If Joe Rogan told them to, like, get naked and, like, play around <laughs> with their balls and go, tee you know, yeah. they, they would do it, you know? So but, it's, it's but, like Bill Gates is the wrong spokesperson for it. <laughs> yeah, but is Joe Rogan an immunologist? <laughs> it doesn't matter if he is. It, it, it's like Bill Nye. Like, you just get Joe Rogan to talk about, like, how vaccinations are good. Like, more people are going to get the vaccinations because yeah. it's Joe Rogan. Like, Bill Gates isn't a spokesperson for, for it. They should hire somebody else. You know, Bill Gates does the work, but they, they get somebody else to tell you to get vaxxed and, and you'll do it. It You know? I think some of it's cultural. Um, so, like, a lot of people like to point at Sweden and say, well, they never had these big swinging lockdowns that the rest of the world had. 
yeah, Sweden's got a different culture. They have a very strong sense of community and responsibility to each other. So they didn't need to lock down because people were naturally concerned for the well-being and health of other people. Whereas if you look at the US, the UK, well, basically the Anglosphere, excluding New Zealand for some reason, bunch of dirty hippies. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's the, it's the Western Anglo countries that seem to be having the real problem with accepting that they might just have to do something to, to care about somebody else for once. <laughs> well, my friend Alexander Bard lives in Sweden and he said that things were going well over there and that they had not done very many lockdowns and that people were just nice and happy and the death count is low. So, if they can do it, other people should be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it requires that. Um, it, it requires the anarchistic. Since we're talking about chaos, it requires the anarchistic yeah. property of voluntarism. You know, I sure. am going to do all that I can to protect myself and other people, which seems to be an intolerable burden <laughs> to certain people, uh, uh, more so in the US and, and UK. But hypothetically, okay, but hypothetically, like say that. You're in an abusive living situation. Mm. You need to get out of the house. Yeah. Right? You get out of the house. Are, are you putting people in danger? I mean, like, where, where do you draw the line? Yeah. But like, you- I mean, people need to protect themselves. They need to look out for themselves. It's not selfish. That's just, like, self-preservation. For, the, for those... You know, relatively few cases. Yeah, but... You Is know- that not relatively few? Have, have you been to New York? Have you been to San Francisco? I've been through you know New York. Do you live in group housing? <laughs> um, I, know like how, I, I know how many do freaks. here in the UK. Yeah, yeah you've, you've got like hackers and freaks. you got like six people living in a house. you you got an, an abusive relationship. Somebody wants to leave. Suddenly they're like a, a super spreader. Like, I, I don't know. No, like people need to take care of themselves. Yeah. And you don't know that they're, they're spreading anything. Like if they just tested people for covid Right off the bat, you know, and oh, like yeah. institution, you know, like they're they're taking temperatures. Like, I, yeah. I just I don't think there should be another lockdown. It's going to be catastrophic. People are going to lose their homes, their businesses. It's it's going to be a, a catastrophic event, and I'm really against it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll have this vaccine rolled out by the end of the year. Yeah. I should start to take the pressure off, though. Yeah, I mean, people are going to protest the vaccinations because <sighs> yeah. It's, the wrong spokesperson it's a marketing problem yeah it really is you get the right people marketing the vaccinations people will take them like people think bill gates is some like mutant like aspie freak you know like they don't like him because he's uh like autistic and white and old yeah it's um it's a shame really because and rich rich white old autistic they think he's sinister with vaccines, you have to get a critical mass of people to take it to provide herd immunity. Then you get a populist like Joe Rogan to tell them to do it so they'll take care of themselves. If it's not coming from somebody like him, nobody, well, not nobody, but like a big portion yeah. of the population doesn't want to do it. They're going to not- protest it. And, you know, it's actually reasonable. Because, first of all, like the education on vaccinations are very poor. Um, and they're are a lot of reasons to not trust the government to tell you what to put in your body, you know, like, especially with like the FDA, you know, and like yeah. all of the laws that like, changing, like how, how do we know that what the government is saying is true? Like the who said, you know, one thing and then they said another, they're like lockdowns are good. And they're like, lockdowns are bad. They keep changing their mind. Maybe they'll change their yeah. mind about the vaccination. Like, I don't think we should necessarily trust these people. I mean, I, I don't know. 
Yeah. I mean, it was developed in Germany by uh, Pfizer, wasn't it? And weirdly, considering the last century, the, the Germans have a pretty good reputation these days. So. <laughs> right, right. Well, look, I, I would get the vaccination because I don't want to have the COVID. But I think a lot of people that don't want to get vaxxed, if they're going to cause a scene, it could be prevented if somebody besides Bill Gates well, yeah, is the person. If it only affected the person who refused to take the vaccine, I would be like, well, all right, fuck it. You, you no, know. I'm not saying like anti-vaxxers are cool. I'm just no, saying no. somebody else should be telling them to get vaxxed instead of Bill Gates. You've got one of the retarded celebrities. If it's not like, <laughs> you know, Joe Rogan, get somebody like Kanye West to like say, I like getting vaxxed, you know, and then they'll be like, yeah. hey, me too, because like Kanye West is based. I'm going to go get vaxxed now, you know, like you, you just need the right. It's a marketing issue. I mean, if 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 someone is is that anti vaccination that anti-medicine and they want to you know yeat their own uh, genome it, out, out of the gene pool leap of logic no that, that's a big leap of logic you can be pro-medicine but anti-vax a lot of people they just don't want the government to have control of their bodies and i think that's reasonable well, you know i mean maybe they just don't want the government to control their bodies the point i'm trying to get to is that it's not just them that's affected if it were then I'd be fine with it just being individual choice. If you don't want to take the vaccine, you don't want to take the vaccine. You get the coof and you die, and the world lost another asshole. And that's put them, put them all together. Yeah, no, <laughs> in, a, in some sort of camp. <laughs> yeah, just don't, don't concentrate on it too much. I know, but like, let them all live in a city, you know, where they don't get vaxxed. Have, have an anti-vax city. You know, you you want to like not get vaxxed. You you go live in the city. Yeah. Call it Coville or something. Yeah. Coville. <laughs> COVID, COVID's a hoax anyway, so nobody will die. Yeah. The yeah, population the, would have to be a... It's pandemic. Oh, my God. James, I got to tell you a story. Okay, so I met a guy, um, and he was uh, a COVID truther. And he's like, this pan- this pandemic shit is bullshit. And, like, he refused to wear a mask anywhere. So, like, I wanted to go get liquor at the store. And th- this was just, like, some hot buff muscle guy that I, I wanted to, like, hang out with for a night, if you know what I mean. I was lonely, <laughs> right? Um, and so, I'm like, I'm going to go get liquor. He's like, I'm not going to go in the store. And I'm like, why? He's like, I don't want to wear one of those fucking masks. It's for the sheep. And, like, th- this guy was, like, so dumb. He had an IQ of, like, like, 85. But he thought he was really smart because, like, he could see through the lies, you know? And he's like, all those morons wearing those masks. And um, and so, like, he refused to go in the liquor store because he didn't like the rules. And, you know, like, you have to respect his, um like, determination to, like, stand by what he believes in. Like, as dumb as he is, right? Um, <laughs> like, he would not go gentle into that good store because they had a used to wear a mask no matter what he was not giving in yeah well uh, determination obdurate stupidity yeah to make i mean tomato. like i i took a covid test after meeting him and i didn't have it so mm. you know um maybe maybe it, it is a pandemic I, I don't know no i'm kidding it's, it's obviously <laughs> not i know people, i know people that have died from covid um but people have the reason to be suspicious because yeah. they're using the virus as a political weapon so the suspicion is warranted yeah. I mean, the way that they're changing laws and enacting policies and meddling with elections and using COVID-19 as a reason, like, people should be suspicious. Yeah. I mean, I've got friends who work in medicine. I've got some friends who work with uh, Medicinal Frontier, and they're just, in private, they are so utterly frustrated <laughs> with everybody. 
governments politicizing it, um, not doing the right things and then overdoing the wrong things and, uh, you know, people just being stupid. Some of them have got death threats from anti-vaxxers and it's just... So so everybody's struggling. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I mean, like being being on lockdown, you know, not being able to exercise is horrible. Like straight up. I mean, you you can like download videos on on YouTube, you know, or like download an exercise app that helps. But like you've got to like go for walks all the time. You know, like you really got to keep up with your body more than ever now. Um, and like just confinement isn't good for the mind, especially with people that already have mental health issues, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's not good to shut down everything. It's, it's just not good. You just like take people's temperature, you know, before they enter your, your venue. And I don't like lockdowns are going to be catastrophic. Yeah. I'm just, uh, See, I'm going to read it. I am, I, I, I've been working for myself from home since about 2005 and I live out in the country where none of my friends live. <laughs> so I'm already isolated. Yeah. I could, I could do another five years of, of lockdown standing on my head. <laughs> Lucky. Yeah. No, I can never do that. I don't, I don't have that kind of living situation. Um, maybe someday if I like get married and like have like mutant kids and stuff, <laughs> you know, like weird. On the other hand, I have, I have suicidal depression, so... <laughs> oh, so. Don't kill yourself over it. Yeah. Oh, oh, I can't can't work out the enthusiasm. Because so, the guy walks into the library and he has a book about suicide, and the librarian says, I don't know if I can give you that book. And the guy goes, why? The librarian says, well, I don't know if I'll get it back. <laughs> yeah. All these radical new treatments, they don't seem to be helping, but I do get sad faster. Sad and bad. Mad mm. and mad and oh. bad. Sad. <laughs> One good part of the chaos in the US was all this drug legalization going on over there. Oh, yeah. In Oregon, in Oregon they just legalized like all drugs in Oregon, which I think is wonderful because I believe in using MDMA and LSD to fight PTSD and, and depression. Yeah, and they've approved shrooms uh, for medical use for depression beautiful, and things. Beautiful, beautiful, big victory. I love it. Yeah. I I did see one thing though. Um, my friend, she had taken a picture. It's pretty funny. Of like, she she lives in Portland, and there was like some guy on the bus smoking crack. You know, like he was like literally lit up a crack pipe in Oregon, like the day after it passed. <laughs> so he's like taking advantage of that law. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd smoke him if you got him, I suppose. Maybe just like hit up crack on the bus, like welcome to Oregon, where mushrooms are approved for medical, and you can smoke crack on a bus. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's have a let's have a little uh, break here and talk about what we've what we've been doing, what we've been doing during lockdown. Yeah. What what have you got going on, and how have you been coping? Well, I haven't been coping. Um, I've just been like having panic attacks. Um, but like in between the panic attacks, I've been doing really cool things. Um, I had an inner intellectualon where I talked about the aesthetics of civilizations and how art and music and literature influence the development of civilizational cycles. It was a great event. Um, everybody that turned up was just really interesting and intelligent. Um, inner intellect is a great community. It's very, very high quality discussion. And yeah, that, that was really fun. I'm going to be doing another one. Um, yeah, I'm working on a new sci-fi short story collection. I don't want to give too much away, um, but it's very experimental and very fun. 
And um, I've never released any any works of fiction before, except for like in a few magazines, um, but not like book wise. Um, like my first book is a travel memoir, you know, and then my book after that was a book of political essays. Um, but my next book, it's going to be like all short fiction stories. And I hope to just only work on that during the holidays, you know, and like just kind of like take a break from from all the online madness and just and make up some madness instead (laughs) how about you are you still doing like rpgs what's going on in your end primarily doing that um you have to invite me to the next elixir salon because uh it was it was a lot of fun watching the one that i saw and uh listening into everybody Um, there will be more yeah It, t- it takes me a while to, to break down these barriers against being pretentious. We got to break down that footage mm. later on. We got to finish that footage. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been doing? Yeah, most mostly game design and development. Um, I've been struggling a bit as well towards the end of the year uh, with just maintaining enthusiasm and, and getting much of anything done. But uh, yeah, I'm working on this new game book that's set. So it's like a, like a zombie survival thing, but it's set in uh, just after the restoration in England, mm. after the English civil war. So there's all kinds of political and religious heresies and stuff going around. Like the, uh, the ranters, the levelers, the diggers, the fifth monarchists, you know, all for, all from real life. The fifth monarchists. fifth monarchists. Fifth so it comes. I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> so they were a radical group of political dissidents during the English Civil War, and it's a reference to the Book of Daniel, I think, where he talks about four beasts which represent four like governments or empires of the world, and they wanted to overturn, you know, what they saw as being the last government, and they thought the the death of the king presaged the overturning of of earthly power, and they thought that they they would be able to bring in the the kingdom of Christ. Which actually didn't mean the kingdom of Christ because they were also somewhat heretical. But you know, well, <laughs> it's just interesting. It's I, just I want a, to check this out. It's just a really fascinating period of uh, of English history, politically, religiously. Yeah. You know, the Baptists came out of this period. The entire oh, yeah. Baptist Church came out of this. The, the Puritans, the Quakers. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, and the, the military changes. Uh, I've always found this period particularly fascinating because one of the major generals under Cromwell was an ancestor of mine. <laughs> oh, no way. So you've yeah. got royal blood. Yeah, well, anti-royal anti- blood. You've got war blood. You've I've got, got small R Republican revolutionary blood. <laughs> so, it's better than not having blood. Hmm. So I've always always wanted to do something set in that period, and then I've just mixed it with um, I've I've made the sort of millennialism that was going on at the time. Everyone thought it was the end of the world in 1666, and all of this stuff. And I've had the the dead rise from the grave, so that basically amps everything up to eleven. So that's the thing I'm currently nice. working on. Um, that sounds great. I I'd love to check that out. Yeah, it's going to be an insanely detailed city with all kinds of of stuff within it. Sweet. Oh, that, that reminds me. Um, for my sci-fi book, I feel like I'm giving too much away, but I, I found an illustrator. I just cool. I'm gonna leave it at that. I found an illustrator. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. 
Can't say who it is. Nah. <laughs> I, I feel like the more you talk about something, like you you just you shouldn't talk yeah. about anything. Like we we shouldn't even be talking now. Maintain an air of mystery. Let's, let's take a, a moment of silence so we can come off as mysterious. <laughs> I want you to focus on your breathing. Now find yourself in your body. Follow your breath. See that this is this is what we should be doing all the time. This is Just what everyone focusing tells on us our, we should our be breath doing. and our body. You know, see that the panic attack I had about was not being embodied enough. You know, and I realized like it was all the people telling me to like become more embodied and to focus on my body that were making me feel like I wasn't in my body. And I actually did dissociate because I have a lot of physical pain. You know, so like, yeah, I wasn't embodied and I freaked out. But if all these people weren't constantly saying like, focus on your body, focus on your breathing, <laughs> focus on your breathing, focus on your body, breathing, body, you know, like I, I probably wouldn't have had the panic attack. Um, so I, I just started like not paying attention to them. And now I'm like more in my body and breathing better. So <laughs> who would have thunk it? The irony is that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The trouble is everyone always thinks that something that they found that works for them will work for everybody. And then they yeah. ruthlessly yeah. evangelize Order it to you. Advice on the internet. Never ask for advice <laughs> on the internet. Never do it. It doesn't matter what's going on. You never ask for advice on the internet. Because you're always going to get like somebody telling you to take like some scam pill. You know, you just could buy like the, these like vitamins that'll make you know that they won't. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, I noticed I noticed this a lot, and I think it explains Trump's bleach comment all that all that while back. In in civilized countries like mine, we have a national health service, and we can go and see a doctor, and it doesn't cost us anything. They're so right? British, yes. ragged Americans, <laughs> but, all right, but. All the time when I see anyone mention that they're ill and they happen to be an American on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, their replies are just full of people with home remedies. Ah, oh, just yeah, rub, yeah, rub a potato yeah. on your warts and, yeah, and toss it in the compost. Rub a potato on your breasts and <laughs> take a kiwi and rub it on your eyelids and like, what? Yeah, no, you, you just you, you put the grapes on your butthole. It's <laughs> <Like, laughs> so, so, so the old uh, the joke, isn't it? <laughs> well, here, all right. Mm, well, here's some leeches. And uh, okay, what do I do with these? Do I just <laughs> slip slip a couple into my cod piece? Yeah. No, it's not the dark ages. Just let two dissolve under your tongue. <laughs> Take the carrot and rub it on your no no not that hole the other one. Oh wait, I'm in a porno. <laughs> you know, and then suddenly they get banned from TikTok. It's just yeah. like, what what kind of world are we living in? I don't know. Uh, no, what kind of world? This crazy world out there. Chaos, chaos. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy Some, world. Yeah, of chaos. If someone recommends cider vinegar for leprosy or you know coffee colonics, <laughs> they they don't have your best interests at heart. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Come to my home remedy boutique and for yourself. <laughs> anxiety with my fruity duty you know <laughs> this must end this, this is why nobody trusts vaccinations is because of this no honestly like <laughs> these home remedy freaks like can I balance my chakras if if I apply the, this candle in my bathtub uh, yeah if, if you think you can you know, it's, it's the power of positive thinking well, I, I don't feel any better, but everything smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina, so I suppose that's an improvement. And I got 500 likes on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a thought leader now. 
<laughs> lost my lost my foot to diabetes, but I smell nice thanks to essential oils. Winning. <laughs> winning. Hashtag winning. Yeah. Diet, but not pathetic. <laughs> I bet that's already a hashtag. Small but tall. So your book, I would imagine, have you read Jeff Noon? Cause I, I love Jeff Noon. I read for when I was like 15 and it was my favorite book in the world. Yeah. He's, it, Jeff Noon's in the UK, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I remember talking to him on Twitter for a bit. He's an interesting fellow. He seems to not really like subscribe to a lot of the culture war stuff that's going on. He kind of just like writes his own thing and does, does his, own. his own deal. Yeah. He's just like Jeff Noon. Yeah, he uh, he wrote a new book. Um, not that new, but like like seven years ago. It was called Miss Something Skin. Hmm. It was something skin. It was pretty cool. I'm um, not as good as Vert, um, but but still interesting nonetheless. My favorite's um, automated Alice. Still, I love automated Alice. I love automated Alice. <laughs> it's classic. Channel skin. That was the mm. one that here at Channel skin. Yeah, automated Alice was so fun. Like I read that when I was really young too, and I just loved it. Noon, noon's odd because like everyone knows who he is, but he's not hugely successful. And he doesn't act like he's hugely successful. I don't think everybody knows who he is, though. I, I wouldn't agree with that. Uh, I think most people don't know who he is. Maybe it's just the sort of sci-fi fantasy circles I move in, but everyone seems to <laughs> everyone seems to know. Oh, oh! I only hang out with bourgeois techies that go to Burning Man and talk about reactionary shit on Twitter. So <laughs> why? To, why do you hang out with these people? Because I am a user having an experience. <laughs> Cod philosophy. Bah. No, I, I hang out with philosophers and visionaries and weirdos and fun people. But they just happen to be bourgeoisie techies that go to Burning Man and have reactionary Twitter accounts. You know, like <laughs> we, we wear many hats. Mm. We are. Uh, what, what, is, what is the overused cliche phrase? We contain multitudes. Dun, 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 I, multitudes. I nearly said that the other day and then stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think speaking about like cliche phrases. Remember when everybody used to say, call me Ishmael? It's like yeah. a joke. Yeah. Well, I, I was watching the the Alex Jones Tim Pool episode, and Alex Jones he has this hilarious take on Ishmael. It's so funny. <laughs> He's talking about like how Ishmael wants to turn everybody into like anti-human, you know, communists who like obey the global order because. <laughs> They're supposed to, like, submit their souls to the gorilla, you know? And he's like, no, you can read it in Ishmael. Their agenda is clear. It's so funny. <laughs> I read that book when I was 15. And, like, whatever you think about Alex Jones, you've got to listen to his take on Ishmael. If you just take him as an entertainer, I don't think he's as... Uh, oh, God, he's so funny. As bothersome, so yeah. <laughs> I love Alex. I love Alex Jones. He's so funny. He's so he's like the national treasure. <laughs> it's not about like if what he's saying is true. It's about him having a good time and us laughing at it. Have you heard the conspiracy that he's actually Bill Hicks who faked his own oh, death? I, I've heard that from Alex Jones. Says he has people coming up to him and telling him that they think he's Bill Hicks and <laughs> that they like stole his house and shit. Yeah, if you, if you look at a picture of Bill Hicks, like, not long before he died, and then you look at a younger Alex Jones, you can see it. You can see why people would think that, but well, no. kind of similar. They were, like, the truth tellers of their time, you know? I mean, Bill Hicks was, like, the truth teller, so it, yeah. it's kind of well that are already looking for, like, a savior to, 
You know, I mean, they, they want saviors. They, these are like a, a lot of them are Christian fundamentalists, you know? Um, yeah. So maybe like Alex Jones is their savior. Like I, I was at an Alex Jones rally like over a decade ago. My friend brought me. We were media hackers. Don't, was don't it, make was fun it, of me. I, I won't judge. <laughs> was, it, was this a Bilderberg thing or a... Um, was it a Bilderberg thing? No, it was like a 9-11 truth event. Uh, and, and like I was really excited because, well, <laughs> what they did after 9-11 was really bad. Kind of like what they're doing with the pandemic. They're using a, the tragedy to enact global totalitarianism, which, which Alex Jones is aware of. Um, so, but when I was at the Alex Jones rally, there were like people in the front that were bowing down to him like he was God. You know, it had like a really like religious aspect to it. Yeah. When when the cult following becomes a little too explicitly cult, <laughs> they were like, yeah, like they were like at church, like he was their savior, and they, they really think that like Alex Jones is gonna like stop abortion. You know, like they, these are people that really see him as their Jesus. It's not yeah. like all Jones fans, but there is that group of them. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the way Rogan deals with Jones because they're friends going back a long way, just sort of laughing and calling him crazy, I think, but in a sort of friendly manner. I think that's the way you deal with people like Jones, not by taking them seriously and censoring them and shutting them down. Just, you know have a laugh <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's entertainment and anyone takes it seriously shouldn't be taken seriously i think well by not taking them seriously i think you're kind of driving them to further insanity mm. like speaking from experience <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't know anything about that would i um yeah. i i think you should take the things that he's saying seriously that are serious you know it's, like a, a lot of things he he was right about yeah. Like he, he was right about how they wanted to enact a global authoritarian regime. I'm not sure who was right about who they were, but there are definitely people that are looking to enact a global authoritarian regime. I mean, like I'm, I'm witnessing it in America right now. Yeah, it's um, it's difficult because there's no real room left to have any kind of um, discussion or to fall somewhere between the insanity of one side or the insanity of the other. I mean. I know we both got kind of excited about the the anti-woke left, the dirtbag left for a while and thought, oh, well, maybe here is somewhere we can fit in. But I think we've both had uh, negative experiences. <laughs> <laughs> dirtbag left. Oh, my God. So how are they not just a group of people fighting with the same group of middle-class journalists? It's just a middle-class journalist infight. Yeah. The anti-woke left that everybody was so excited about is just journalists angry at other journalists. And you know what? The beginning of journalists are correct, but like, they're just journalists fighting with each other. They're just and they're They're annoying. I'm sorry, dude, but they're, they're annoying. Yeah. It's just all the same. Well, they're not the same people, but they might as well be the same people. They've all got the same the kind same of backgrounds. The same people. They've all dealt with each other, and you've got like some really bad, you know, like left wing journalists that have like purged the other left wing journalists. So now they're like, oh, well, now we're the anti woke left, you know, but there's still the same group of journalists. And that the real anti woke left people aren't like in this journalist circle. This is my ultra, ultra left critique. You heard it on Narrative Attack. <laughs> I'm going ultra, ultra left tonight. 
the anti-woke left are just the new wannabe bourgeoisie because everybody in their group is pretty affluent. They've just been rejected by people who are more affluent than they are. So, I mean, what is the anti-woke left? They're a bourgeoisie group of journalists that got the boot from journalists that didn't like them. And now they're, they're everywhere. And nothing that they're saying is anything that the dissident right didn't say five years ago, more articulately. Um, I, I'm not defending the dissident right, God forbid. I'm just saying that the anti-woke left is recycling the same critique that the dissident right had in a much more ironic and juvenile way. And yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of, yeah, a lot of the dissident I, I, right are the same kind of bourgeois, middle-class people sort of um, acting up. I, I I wouldn't go that far. I think that the dissident right is definitely non-bourgeois, but they are definitely middle class. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at something like the Proud Boys, a lot of them aren't. But they are middle class. Mm. The anti-war left is bourgeoisie middle class. The Proud Boys are just middle class. Mm. There's there's a difference, you know, because the the Proud Boys aren't, like, educated at the same universities. You know, you don't have a Proud (laughs) Boy that, like, went to Yale or something. The the anti-war left, they, they went to the same universities as the the woke left and you know maybe they just like weren't as popular at their universities so yeah it's, it's a shame because the, the anti-woke left could have been might have been um is isn't is is not um so i, I, I don't feel any affinity with a bunch of like chapo trap house people like making jokes about like fart jokes i just i don't feel like a connection with yeah. that um so I'm going to stick to the art, right? Because that's my deal. I'm, I'm going to stick to the art, right? <laughs> sticking to the art. I want an artistic right-wing movement. I'm sticking to it. Uh, and I woke up not convinced me that I wanted to be a, a um, servant of their, their journalist empire, their, their uh, colonialist journalist regime. They, they colonized. They... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to my, to my old school. The anti-woke left. I'll send it to the Guardian. The anti-woke left is bourgeoisie. You know, this is gonna be like my new hit piece. I'm but, gonna, but I'm the Guardian gonna... won't print it because I'm not like one of their journalists. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> this is why I can't be a leftist because I don't have a, enough credentials. I'm stuck on the right with the Proud Boys. Damn it! Yeah, any, anyone will give uh, you a voice. Hey, I'll and... be a left-wing journalist. Oh, no, I... I'll, I'll I'll stick to my old-school <laughs> socialists, Fabian society leanings. Fabian? Just sort of ranting at everybody. It's like yeah. Faustian. Make a Faustian uh, no, fa- the f- <laughs> Fabian society. They they favoured uh, utopian socialist gradualism. Whoa, that sounds really uh, like some fully automated luxury communist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of would be. automated luxury without the communism? (laughs) Like, aren't they just going to, like, put everybody in the gallows? Like, what makes you think that the communists would spare you when they got in power? Well, it's not really, it's not really communism. It's just that they believed that eventually society at large could be convinced of most left-wing values and that the increasing technology and automation in society could be channeled to liberate everybody to have more free time to do what they want to reduce the cost of living that kind of thing and i think they've been proven more correct than the kind of radical communist types because marxist revolutions always go wrong Wait, are you saying that you're like a milk to a social democrat uh, kind of i mean social democracy is james i can't be your friend anymore i disagree <laughs> with your opinions <laughs> damn 
social democracy works. You know, we can maybe improve I, on it. I don't, think it but, I don't think it works. I don't think it works. Well, I would say, I would say the stats show. Well, okay, every system that we have is bad in some way. All but, systems collapse. Yeah, we have the mob oligarchy. There's always going to be some oligarchs at the top that take advantage of the system, change the rules for their own benefit, and assert total yeah. domination. And there's always going to be peasants at the bottom. That's all systems, communism, socialism, nationalism, democracy. They're all susceptible to the iron law of oligarchy. So, I mean, that's just like human nature. But if I could live anywhere in the world at present with the systems that we currently have, it would be somewhere in the, in Scandinavia, Scandinavian area, maybe Finland. I'll, I'll go to Finland or Scandinavia. I'll, I'll yeah. go for some, some good metal concerts. Yeah, good, like, good, well, good metal. And get get medical care if I like get married. You know, <laughs> good, get, me- good metal. No homelessness. Metal, medical, medical, meta, anti-homeless. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Let's yeah, go to Scandinavia. Yeah. And, and Finnish women are super hot. So there's that. Oh really? I, yeah. I like women. <laughs> <laughs> check, check, Finish. check out their Finish prime minister. <laughs> so God. Right. See, this is what happens when you listen to people on the center, right? <laughs> you start making like dumb sex jokes, like I'm gonna go finish and finish her. <laughs> like, nah, nah. Let, let's go back to making like macabre jokes about suicide. <laughs> We're not like the other center right podcasters. We're radical and uh <laughs> Why not both? Narrative attack. (laughs) (laughs) So so what's been attacking your narrative lately? What's one thing that blew your mind? Uh, How facile and empty Vouch was. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea why this is so funny to me. I don't don't want to like... Anyway, go go ahead. Continue. continue. Right. I I am dyed in the wool left wing. Yeah, I I doubt I'm ever going to be anything else. Marxist faggot, we know. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I have the disadvantage of a historical and political education, so I actually know what all of this stuff means. Yeah, you. I know, I know. I know I sound plummy, but I'm actually very classless. Um, but, I, <laughs> but I tried watching a few of his videos, and I couldn't get through any of them. What's the, what's the problem with that? He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> that's <laughs> I've literally never seen a Vouch video. I just have a, a funny story about Vouch. Right, so so the the American the American right wing does not know what socialism means, what Marxism means, what communism means. They don't understand the ideologies, they don't understand the differences and the gradations, and neither does Vouch. He is the living incarnation of the right's misapprehensions about the left. And oh I was just like tearing my hair out as he misdefined political term after political term and just said all this bullshit. And then I just, I could, I couldn't take it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, somebody recommended Vouch to me the other day and they're like, Vouch is a real leftist. And so I never checked it Vouch because I was just doing a bunch of other stuff. But like what I did see was like somebody saying that Vouch was into kitty porn. <laughs> like, Immediately after I heard the name Vouch, and then that person messaged me again, and I was like, "Well, I heard that Vouch was in a kitty porn," and they're like, "No, no, that's a rumor created by the right, you know." And I'm like, "That this is just too much drama. Like, I don't know if they're in kitty porn. I don't know if I'm ever gonna watch a Vouch video. I don't even know if it's like Vouch or like Vosh or 
or Boucher. Like, I, I don't know. I. <laughs> oh, and I, well, and I, he's amongst a bunch of, um, sort of these up and coming left wing YouTube people that I subscribe to because I thought, okay. oh, I'll, I'll give him a shot. Are you on BreadTube? I've watched a few people on BreadTube. But Navara Media, all they do is cry about Corbyn. <laughs> so uh, so I've, stopped, I've stopped watching them. It's just, uh, I, th- I think like you, I just feel utterly cut adrift from any of the political discourse or, right, or right, you're gangs out there. Political name. You know, yeah. I, I did it. I've got 17 reviews on Amazon. And uh, I've got um, <laughs> like, like 50 fans, right? Um, start your own political movement. Um, thinking independently is the best way to go. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're left or right. You know, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. It's the Michael Jackson song. It just like matters if you think independently. Like it's yeah. like all independent thinkers versus all of the collectivist germs that can't think for themselves. Yeah. That's We'd, the political division. We need to bring all of those independent minded people together, paradoxically That's enough. That's what we're doing with narrative yeah. attack. That's, That's what, what we're trying to do. Yeah. That's why we exist. This is our <laughs> mission. <laughs> uh, so to, to wrap up with the kind of last serious thing we wanted to talk about, you, you brought up this sort of, um, red brown alliance and how it's probably not going to work out and how the right wing tends to hang together while the left wing tends to hang separately yeah yeah so the left wing is always splitting it's full of trotskyists and it's full of purging it's full of just you can't be here because you're not left enough so all the leftists eventually got kicked out of left by other leftists um how i put it there's no room left on the left um and meanwhile the right you know it's more unified like people on the right have their own purity spiraling and they definitely they have their fights among each other um but they're, they're still more organized where the left is just constantly eating itself um the the red brown alliance what a lot of people like were hoping for economically which was for the far left and the far right to unite against you know like the the center globalist empire right um it, it's not what you think it is. The, the Red Brown Alliance is just like a new celebrity class of journalists. It's, it's not an economic Again. revolution. It's, it's not an economic revolution. I mean, like all of these like anti-woke leftists are, are just like new middle class journalists, you know, like it, it's not creating any economic change, you know, I mean... Like, yeah, we have a Nazbull gang and it's like a bunch of celebrities, you know, enjoy your Nazbull gang, you know, like enjoy your celebrities talking about Nazbullism with their pop culture references, like enjoy your Red Burn Alliance from your not so Ivy League college, you know, like what, like really, you know, if this is the dream, like I'm in a nightmare, yeah, maybe this betrays my inner racist, but I, when I heard the term Red Brown <laughs> Alliance, I thought it was leftists and people like BLM. Oh, so oh, why? Because the, because the people at BLM are black and the leftists are communists. Are <laughs> yes, good. right. And, so and you have the red communists and the black people. So it's the red, it's the black <laughs> well, people with brown skin. Are you for you've real? Got, you've got one political <laughs> movement that's really stuck on uh, racial consciousness. And you've got another right. political group that's completely stuck on class consciousness. Now, obviously, yeah. my bias, 
my bias is I think Americans get the two confused and it's really yeah. class consciousness. And then you've got the uh, official BLM is run by a bunch of uh, Marxists who just tried to leverage Biden and failed. So uh, you know, Yeah, no, I thought the BLM was like a part of the Biden campaign, actually. Like the, the minute I saw them like protesting, you know, I'm like, oh, Biden's doing a new campaign run. Um, yeah. But as, as my friend put it, who would have thought that the Red Brown Alliance would be a steaming pile of shit? <laughs> shit with blood in it see a doctor <laughs> right right yeah so red brown it makes me frown i i'm done i'm, I'm over it I, I denounce national bolshevism I, I disavow yeah maybe we just need to find some really obscure political movement we can just take over <laughs> just move in like, kick, kick people out <laughs> like we could be like the strasserist of the strasserist you know like the like Strasserist Trotskyist, Tra- Strasserist Trotskyist, Trotskyist, Trotskyist. I can't merge the words. Trots, I can't. Trotskyists. Trotskyists. Straussian anarchists. I'm going with it. I'm a Straussian anarchist. <laughs> the, the situation our situation is in ists. I'm a situationist from a situation. Just trying to get myself a declaration of <laughs> independent America. <laughs> or something. Literally well, have no idea what I just said. <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> check, check out my my schwag. Um go to Rachel Haywire at go to Rachel Haywire at substack.com. Subscribe to my based newsletter. So you can see all of my writing and I'm holding my own salons now. They're private events for people to get together and have interesting discussions about topics that are appealing and fun. Yeah. And I'll pop up on one of them eventually when I can overcome my uh, fear of being pretentious. If you want to find my stuff, uh, postmortemstudios.wordpress.com has links to everything. My store is post-mortem.com. I uh, hope you'll join us again as we continue to flounder around and try to find something, anything that makes any sense in this crazy world and cut a path through these narratives and, to, you know, attack them. Yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Narrative Attack. And remember, think for yourself even if it kills you. Which it probably will. Narrative a tyrant, a tyrant, a tyrant, a tyrant, a tyrant.